what is the emotional outcome that I want for my morning, my day, my evening? And if I look at my morning, for me, I want clarity. I want peace. I want tranquility. I want that level of, of, of just vision. And so if that's the outcome I want emotionally, what actions or rituals must I do in order to generate that? Because we know emotion is energy in motion. And so for me, it's first thing, drink 40 ounces of water. Second thing, review three things in my mind right away that made me laugh or smile in the last 24 hours. Then from there, I move into a series of different rituals. And each, each day is a little different, however I'm feeling, but breath work, meditation, Tai Chi, stretching my body. I do Norma Tech. If you've ever seen those, it's, it's these compression pants that, that really help body and recovery. Uh, I do journal writing, but I spend time just being able to be inside with myself and just become the observer of what's going on. I don't have to make any decisions. I don't have to solve any problems. I just get to sit with myself. With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. G'day and welcome to Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, we have a special guest, Mr. Colton Lindsay. Colton Lindsay has become a very successful realtor, broker in the real estate world. And he spreads the love by teaching people how to make millions and how to live a very fulfilling life. So you guys want to listen to this. But the amazing thing about Colton and our conversation that we're having here today is that there's a lot of chaos that's going on in the world right now. And we dig into how to thrive and how to dig through all of this chaos and find the golden nuggets and how to be the people we need to be to find the opportunities, keep the positive mental attitude and thrive in all of this while it unfolds now and all through 2021 and beyond. So I think you guys are really, really going to appreciate this uh, topic that we're going to cover today. It's a really relevant topic. Tons and tons of nuggets in there. So make sure to get dialed in. And for those of you listening for the first time today, this is Freedom Hack Radio, where we live by the freedom trinity of financial, time, and location freedom. And we're all about living in fulfillment. And we do this by growing and maintaining balance in financial wealth, health, spirituality, relationships, and having fun. So here at Freedom Hack Radio, we have industry leaders and industry experts who jump into conversations and we dig really deep on all of these topics so you can grow, so you can live free, so you can live fulfilled. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to grow in these areas and expand in these areas, do yourself a solid and subscribe to this channel now. And without any further ado, I'm really excited to introduce Colton Lindsay as we tell you how to thrive in 2021 with amidst all of this chaos. So let's dig in, shall we? 
back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And today, my friends, we have a special guest, Mr. Colton Lindsay. Colton Lindsay leads one of Utah's top real estate teams, having helped nearly 1,000 buyers and sellers through the home buying and selling process. The WGR sales team averages selling homes in under 28 days for an average of 99% of asking price. Lindsay built the foundation of his real estate sales business from proven techniques he learned from his coach and mentor, Bob Leffler, founder of Fearless Agent, real estate coaching and training. Lindsay now promotes and trains with Fearless Agent, creating massive value for real estate agents across the entire planet to build their skills and inner confidence. Over the last decade, Colton has become financially free through real estate and online marketing. He shares with thousands of people across the globe exactly how he became financially free by the age of 32. Colton, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show here, mate. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about appreciation, mate, I've, I've got to know, start with us to start off with here. What's given you the most gratitude today, mate? You know, uh, I just got my daughter's school pictures back. And so they're, they're the, just the cutest little freaking girls. Like those two right there are what light me up. And um, so they're going to a new school, the Challenger School. It's a private school that we got them in with everything going crazy with COVID. And just to see how stoked and happy and full of light they are in their school pictures just makes me makes me feel happy. That's awesome, man. And what's different about this school? Because I've had this conversation with so many parents lately and so many parents are just taking their kids out of school and, and putting them in something else. So what what is that setup you got going on there? Yeah, so, um, you know, was the two choices either I just hire a personal teacher for them because I don't have the skill set to really teach them the way I think that would would help them you know learn the way that they could or two is get them into a private school and so we opted in the private school worked worked whether uh, better for me and their mom in our co- co-parenting situation but here's what I love about it is they have standards and it teaches what you know these children are willing to tolerate not tolerate i believe that's what we get in life is what we believe and what we tolerate and it just creates standards for them so i think that's the, the biggest value because i have in, in the public school system where we're at it's more of like babysitting and and keeping you know safe from covid um and i don't want my kids in that you know what i mean i just don't want to run that I I have literally had up tens and tens of parents tell me this lately, um, you know, in personal conversations. So when you say um, it gives them, you say it gives them choice, like they're literally saying, hey, you know, this thing, it doesn't fit. And I'm going to like say something about it. They're actually promoting that. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Whereas, I mean, public school, it's not in, in really, I mean, you look at how public school system set up. Who started? It was the Rockefellers. A great book to read is Dumbing Us Down. It was by the New York State and New York City Teacher of the Year. Really great book. It's more of creating a, a, a center to create worker bees for the industrial age of our economy. And we're way beyond the industrial age. We're going to get into that today. We're in the information age. Freedom hackers, you want time freedom. You want location freedom. You want to not have to be restricted to the confines of how it's always been done. And this school, Challenger School, it, it allows freedom of choice, freedom of creation, but it teaches them how to push themselves, how to hold a higher standard in their life. 
which is so important. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if at school they taught us how to manage money? They taught us how to communicate and build relationships. Right. Like these yep. are all like the important things in life. Um, yeah. But anyway, Challenger School, that's a really, really cool name that they're yep. kind of set in the context right there. Yeah, it's cool. And you think about it, my public school experience, I turned out decent. Look at me, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. But I didn't learn about health and vitality. I didn't learn how to have awesome relationships, like high risk relationships with spouses, with, you know, business partners, with siblings. Um, I didn't learn how to do that in school. And I, I didn't learn how to do anything with money at all. And those are the three things that govern our mortal experience here on earth, our relationship to money, our relationship to humans and our relationships to our health and vitality. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why we're actually talking about these things because they don't teach you it in school. So um, let's talk about your path to financial freedom. I mean, you started off in a public school and then you went all the way to financial freedom at 32. So what yep. was that like? What was that adventure like? What did it look, smell and taste like for you? Um, so the first time I heard the words financial freedom was probably 21, 22 years of age. I had gone to what was called financial freedom fast track. And I'd, I'd met a guy named Garrett White. I don't know if you've heard of Garrett White. He has wake up warrior. He really is a huge movement for men today. Wake up warrior. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this was back in his early days of his business. In fact, if you, you learn more about him, it was at the, like, he was at the rock bottom of what he was, what he was going through in his life. But that was when I'd heard the words financial freedom. I never even knew this was possibility. I thought growing up, if I could get a job making 75K a year, have a nice truck, dude, I am set in life. And when, when he said that financial freedom is where your, your leveraged residual income pays for your desired lifestyle, I first of all thought like, what the fuck is leveraged residual income? That was my mm-hmm. first question. And the second question is, is, well, what is the lifestyle that I want? So it started there. And, um, and then um, growing up, I was around a real estate office because my mom was an office manager for a real estate company. Okay. She was, and so I would saw I saw these realtors driving nice cars. I remember the first one. Today it's a like I would never buy this car, but it was a red Hummer. And so mm-hmm. I was like, "Dude, that guy's got some money. He's got something going on." And so that was what led me to real estate as the beginning of creating financial freedom. But what I didn't realize is that making more money was not the secret to financial freedom. It's the cash flow management and the tax-free wealth portion that really creates the financial freedom. And then 2000, I don't know, 12 or something, I can't remember the exact year, I went to my first MMI with, it was New Peaks at the time, T. Harvecker's program. And that's where I just really started to reset my financial blueprint. I, I learned how to manage the cash flow. I think that was the the defining moment for me that set me free very quickly was managing my money. I still remember his phrase, you can't manage a dollar, you never manage a million dollars. And I just obsessed over managing my cash flow. Uh, It helped too. I'm I'm a saver. Naturally, my my money personality is more of a saver. And so I I get excited more about like doing that part. Um, Then by 32, I was financially free through real estate investments, through online business, through, you know, my real estate sales business that I still have right now. I'm selling a business, which is really, really cool. Um, the fact that I've created a business I'm selling, it's, it's been a rocky road through the dissolving of it and selling it, but, um, it's just cool to see what I've experienced through this process. 
That's awesome. So let, let's just dial that back to when you were learning things at MMI and you were, you were learning about, you know, how to manage your money and, you know, being a saver was natural for you. But part of what you learned was that you actually have to take a portion of your money and spend it and not actually hold on to it because you've got to like be comfortable putting it out there and not hoarding yep. it. Right. What yep. was that experience like for you? Um, it was cool because it gave me a path, but what it really taught me was the reason I'm a saver is because I saved out of fear and scarcity mindset as opposed to out of abundant mindset. And I'm still to this day, I'm 36. Um, I'm working with my, one of my coaches right now on that detachment of emotion and money, really detaching from, from the outcome financially. And what I've learned is that creating wealth is 20% skill set and strategy. Anyone can learn it, Ser mm -hmm. seriously. But real fulfillment that comes with the success, that's 80% psychological and emotional. And that's where I invest a lot of my energy now is working on my inner world and my connections with the outer experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I totally agree. Um, so on that note, you're in the, in the beginning, you're on the path to financial freedom. It's all about money in the beginning, probably. That's what it was like for me. Yep. Uh, but then when I achieved financial freedom, I had a radical shift because I'm like, now that weight's off my shoulders. Um, okay. The fulfillment thing hadn't kicked in yet, you know? So I had to yeah. explore different possibilities. So what things did you realize? So what, what does fulfillment mean to you? And um, great, great of, of this mindset, what areas are you working on? You know, I love that question. I, in fact, I would say when financial freedom came with me, the pressure didn't release. And because my financial freedom path was so ego driven, was so scarcity driven, it actually, I felt more pressure. Like I had to freaking keep this image up because mm -hmm. I worried more about what other people thought about mm -hmm. my financial freedom freedom and the success that I'd had. I worried about what my parents thought, what my spouse at the time thought. I worried about keeping everyone else happy except for myself. And so um, I discovered Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you've ever studied anything with, with Esther and Abraham Hicks. Amazing, amazing content. Um, and then a friend of mine passed away. So I had two, I had two things happen uh, over that time frame. Um, and Ab Esther Hicks, she, she talked about what is the meaning of life? I think everyone's had that question. And her answer was so simple as the meaning of life is life itself. And it went back to what T. Harv says is we're meaning making machines. So life really is the meaning is what I make of it, what I mm -hmm. choose of it. And then she had asked, she said, well, what's the purpose of life? And her explanation was joy, peace, tranquility. And I was like, fuck, dude, I want that. <laughs> like I crave that presence, that experience in this moment. And then a friend of mine passed away from stomach cancer. He was only 39. I think I was 31 or 32 at the time, somewhere, somewhere right around there, um, about the time financial freedom was coming into my life. And I asked myself a question, what do I want to do before I die? Because that was when mortality slept, slapped me in the face. And I said, I freaking want to be healthy. Like, I truly want to be healthy. And although I created financial freedom and financial success, I was... 50 pounds overweight. I was smoking weed all the time. I was drinking alcohol all the time. I ate shit food. 
And so I had sacrificed this one vehicle that I must have here mortally, which is my body in order to create the financial freedom. So that was the first thing I started with in this journey to fulfillment was I got my health in order. And that was, you know, working with Thomas, we talked a bit about him and my journey with smoothie shred and understanding how the body even freaking works. Cause I didn't know we weren't taught. I wasn't taught this in school. So and for our, for our listeners real quick, you, you were just referring to Thomas Tadlock that um, we actually just had on freedom hack radio a couple of weeks ago. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been sorry. very instrumental. He's been very instrumental in the financial and the, the fulfillment, especially that health aspect for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so you're working on your health, you know, you're, you're, you're carving down at that 50 pounds of overweight and like poor diet. And Thomas is helping you get back in shape there. Yep. Yep. So we, well, I did that. I focused on that. And then as I went through this, I, I can't remember the year. It's probably been three or four years ago, maybe 2016 or 2017. My dad retired from his job and I watched him about a month after he retired. He'd worked with, with uh, what's called um, Dominion Gas. It's a natural gas company here in Utah. And he worked with that company for 40 years. And I remember he started, it was one company, then it became another company by finished. I mean, he went through three acquisitions or mergers by working there. And he had a bit of a breakdown about a month after he retired. And that's when it slapped me in the face. The second feet, one of the second two fears that we face as humans, one is a fear of our own death. You know, we have these, these, these fears. So I'd faced the fear of poverty through financial freedom. I faced the fear of my own death when, when my friend Mike passed away. And then when my dad was going through his situation, it started for me to face a new fear. And it's the fear of the loss of a loved one that mm-hmm. I became aware, okay, not only am I going to die one day, but my mom and dad's going to die. My children are going to die. These, these relationships I've developed, they're not going to stay around forever. And I started to ask myself, what do I want to create with these important people before they die or before we're no longer together? And I just started discovering these things that I could do to have real connection, connection with myself deeply at the deepest level with my creator and then connection with these important people. And like, for example, my biggest goal over the next six months is to hit 30 ski days with my dad up at snow base. If I hit 30 fucking ski days with him, that to me is a home run over the next six months. And whereas before, you know, in, in the financial freedom, like the track to financial freedom, it was more about a win for me was, was making a half a million dollars and then buying some new real estate properties or creating some new passive income, which I still have those goals, but they don't mean nearly as much as, as my targets now. Because you go up, you hit 30 days on the ski hill with your dad, and then you as freaking amped and juiced up to do the other things too. You're right. amped to go to go work out and be fitness and be healthy yep. and and then go crush it in the financial world too. Absolutely, for sure. I'm so, and what's cool is I live so close to ski resorts. I can hit ski from nine to 12, you're toast by noon, grab lunch with, with my dad. And then I can go work four hours in the afternoon doing some meetings with my team or working on some new content or whatever it is that I'm focusing on at that point. Cause I think guys and gals, it's important to understand financial freedom. Doesn't mean that you quit. It just gives you the opportunity to work on more of what you're truly passionate about. And the question that I early on in the financial, like my journey to financial freedom, I would ask is what do I want out of life? I'm sure Bryce, you've asked yourself that question before. I've really stopped. I still ask it a bit, but I, I ask another question more. I ask, what is life asking of me? And that's what I, I turn my attention on is what is life asking of me? 
Yeah. And I, I think that's like where I'm at and the questions that I'm asking too. And I mean, absolutely. I agree with you on financial freedom. You achieve financial freedom and then it's like, okay, I could stop working. And at times I have, you know, at times I've like stopped and traveled the world for six months. Um, but, you know, still doing a little bit of work as I'm going along, but I actually get a real buzz out of making money. It's really exciting and it's enjoyable um, as long as I'm not spending like all my time doing it. Right. And, and, I, and I get a kick out of doing the other things in life. And that is a, a big question that I've been asking myself a lot lately is, you know, what's the best use of my time over the next six months to have the most impact? And, right. um, you know, it's, it's a deep question. And um, I'm enjoying the journey of, of being on that path. You, you know, I, I used to like, and I don't know where the hell I got this idea from that I needed to have a 10 year plan or something stupid like that. Now, dude, I've got like a six month plan. I've got some things I want to create over the next year or two or whatever, but I create six months plans. And there's one thing that I've learned is my plan is going to get fucked up. Like it's just going to get knocked off course. And the mantra, you, you, did you go to wizard camp ever or just warrior camp? I uh, went to warrior camp. Yes. So, so wizard, one of the declarations they teach is I correct and I continue. And I've just become aware that my plans don't always work out and that's okay. And that's when I have an opportunity to correct and continue and to create a new effective plan for my life. But when things don't work out, that's God saying, hey, listen, I'm going to create an equal or greater opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. And I know a little bit more than you do. So just chillax your bacon bits and, and enjoy the ride and let me share with you what your journey is all about. That's where instead of you going like, hey, man, I've got the answers for the next 10 years. If I make like this much money and blah, 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 which we do in the beginnings and that helps us yeah. to get financial freedom. But then you get to a certain point where you're like, hey, man, wherever I'm going is way bigger than me. And so I'm going to need a little bit of help here. And yeah, yeah. You're, you're like reaching like either inside yeah. yourself or outside of yourself, whatever you want to call it for a little bit of guidance there. Yeah. Well, I think you've got to rely on that. You look at what happened in with COVID, if COVID has proved one thing to us, it's that no one really knows what the hell's going on on planet Earth. <laughs> like we have some ideas, but this idea of false certainty and false security through government has really just been debacled, especially in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've been that kind of reigning empire for the last 60, 70 years from the 50s after, you know, World War II and the industrial age into this information age. And it's really saying, hey, well, what if what if the times are shifting? What if the empirical times are shifting here and you can't rely on the government? I don't care if you support Trump or Biden. Whatever's going on in Washington is a shit show. You have to agree with that. And you cannot rely on a stimulus check or Governor Newsom or Governor Herbert or whoever to fix your, your, your experience here on earth. So you better start like stepping up. And But when you can do that, and you can step into that uncertainty and you can become comfortable with that chaos, that ambiguity, that unknown. And Tony Robbins says this all the, all the time. Our success and fulfillment is directly proportionate to the amount of uncertainty that we can comfortably handle. And 2020 has given us an opportunity to comfortably handle un uncertainty at every level. Absolutely. And I think that that's only going to increase into 2021 and 2022. 
I mean, you know, we've got unlimited money printing right now. Um, you know, we've got fractional reserve banking in our financial <laughs> systems, which right. amplifies the, the quantitative easing and money printing. And then, you know, when you look at the world, the world actually 70% of the, um, of the reserves in the world are backed by US dollars. And we actually have a massively debilitating US dollar situation right now where yeah. the US currency is kind of eating it and it's going to pretty much be gone in the next few years. I, I I think so. I think so and, too. And that's going to affect 70% of the world. And that's most right. of the main countries. So really, it's probably going to affect about 90% of the world's population. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in... We're definitely coming up on some massive, massive changes. You know, I've heard so many people say, oh, man, I, I can't wait till it just goes back to normal. And um, I think that if you're, if you're actually saying that, you would have to come from a place where you just don't understand the things that are happening behind the scenes economically and financially and politically. Yeah. Uh, because the next few years, they're going to be a bumpy ride. And, uh, and what and I it, would say to people, Bryce, I would say, welcome to the new world order. There is no going back. So you better mm -hmm. learn the new rules of the game. If not, it's going to be a very dangerous experience for you. Even for yeah. those that are financially free, even those that are financially free could just be completely disrupted if they're waiting for the new, the normal to come back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we may not agree with some of the things that are happening, but nonetheless, there's certain things that have been placed in front of us and then i suppose it's like we're a character in a computer game where we you know rocks are falling in front of us we jump to the side and then we reevaluate the situation we've got to figure out how to get the next level while our environment's changing all the time did you see there was recently a study i can't remember it was like on forbes or something was was published i can't remember for sure that there's scientists that kind of are like hey we've got a 50 50 shot we are living living in a simulation who knows maybe we're a bunch of sim cities on here I don't know for sure, but I do know this. I exist, and I am so freaking grateful that I exist. In this moment, whatever's going on, I'm experiencing. I'm just so grateful and so mm -hmm. blessed to get experience this moment. That's, that's perfect, and that's a perfect place to come from. And actually, in my growth, that was one of the challenges that I had was in the beginning, um, I didn't really have a ton of gratitude for things. I was like, you know, I will have gratitude once I have this, you know, but I wasn't like, oh, I'm waking up in the morning with gratitude, whereas I had to go through that process of learning to enjoy things now in the moment as they are, and those mm -hmm. things in the future, they'll come, and that's cool. And then I reached a point where that became like really, really freaking easy and now you know through my day i'll walk around my property and i'll go man like thank you this is beautiful i love my life i love everything that i get to do and it's it's such an amazing feeling and i've got to say like gratitude really had a huge huge shift for me in my life with with my fulfillment and and, and things as, as we're growing so yeah but i think that's where gratitude is mixed with grace grace are grace is god's way of uh, giving us an opportunity to find gratitude in the most difficult challenges of life. Um, and, and, and when we do that, we'll find out that those challenges that, that we old ways, our old patterns wanted to be upset with or blame or avoid responsibility or be angry or frustrated when we can actually be like, this is a gift. We can see it as the universe creating some chaos. And one thing I know about chaos is there's always some better experience coming from the chaos. And so if we can learn to embrace the chaos, like we're experiencing as a, as a global experience right now, 
we've we've been we've always had chaos in our life but if we slow down and become that eye of the storm become calm and centered through it we can really see that everything happening right now is happening for us not to us it's not a punishment it's a gift yeah there's a, there's an absolute abundance of opportunities that exist with all of this because at the end of the day there's still all of these people on the planet with needs and as things shift needs are going to shift and yep. you know people like you and me can fill that gap and fill that void and help provide massive value to people throughout that process um i really like what you said before about you know we we could be living in a virtual reality and that's almost a literal comment as well because if we look at the spectrum of light if the spectrum of light was like this long of all of the spectrum of light that's possible human beings we can interpret about like that much. It's like the yep. tiniest little bit of, of the, the rainbow colors and everything like that. And outside of that, we've got ultraviolet and infrared and gamma rays and all of these things, which we can't see, but other beings may be able to see. I mean, you know, do dogs sit in the corner and bark at something that we can't see. <laughs> Maybe they can, um, you know, and we don't, we don't get to interpret as humans. We don't get to interpret the full sound spectrum either. Oh. So there's a lot of things that are actually happening around us that is scientifically proven, but we can only interpret like a tiny little bit. So if we think we know exactly what's going on, um, I think that's a little bit naive of us these days. And that's where faith, that's where faith comes in, believing in things which aren't seen, but which are true, trusting in God, creator, universe, I call it God, and ultimately trusting in self. We've been really public school system has done one thing for sure that is taught children to not trust in themselves. And I think financial freedom and fulfillment freedom comes from trusting in yourself and betting on you and trusting that you're on God's side and that God, she's on your side at the end of this. And when we can do that, we understand that financial freedom is not financial stability, like has been taught through the traditional financial world. But to me, it's financial ability, the ability to go create a flow of currency exchange. And it doesn't need to be US dollar. It doesn't need to be any type of, of actual printed currency today or digital currency, whatever you want to call it. But right now, there's a currency that's going on. The real currency, I believe, is most important are relationships. And if you can begin a relationship and identify, does that relationship fit your standards that you're willing to tolerate or not tolerate, and then nurture and develop those relationships, you never know what's off radar that's going to be gifted through that relationship. And when we can look at it that way, we're all really financially free when we, when we can understand that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can do that in so many other ways too, you know, like food and, and things like this. There's so many ways to help each other right now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know, the, oh, everything that's happening right now gives us the ability to cut out all the noise and all the crap mm -hmm. that gets injected into us through media and think about what's really important, you know? And I thought that was uh, I thought that was a valuable time when all the lockdowns were happening, you know, me and my wife is sitting at our place and we're going, we love our life. Like we love where we live and we love living with each other. 
And I got a lot of gratitude for that. And I think that there's probably some situations where there's people that are like, man, I'm stuck in the house with like this person I don't want to be with. And it's like, okay, that's the situation that you're in, but it gives us an opportunity to realize, Hey, what areas do I need to change in my life? What things do I need to shift in my life to put myself in a position where I am actually happy? I do enjoy who I live with, um, where I live and all of my circumstances. And, And with all of the things changing right now, perfect opportunity for people to reset and do what they really want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I look at when COVID hit here, um, there was one thing that I really did not like. And that was, we had an earthquake here at the same time. It was like a 5.6, oh, wow. which for us is big in Utah because wow. we don't have, we have like little ones we never fill, but okay. I would say the, everyone was already like high on anxiety because of they were starting to lock down. The grocery stores had already started to go empty here. And me, I'm being a saver. That didn't worry me because I obviously had supplies, right? But mm-hmm. when the earthquake hit, that was just like taking that brainstem of fight, flight, or freeze mode and just like maxing it out. And I'm just really grateful for local sense of community. I think that that will develop. We've all been expanding a global network these last 10 years as information age has shifted, but have we been focusing on that local community? And I think this is giving us a chance to really go back to, okay, who are our local relationships and what are we doing to add value to our local community? Because if we look at the whole, the way government works today, local government, state government, national government, I mean, some of these folks are not skilled representatives that somehow we have people have said, oh yeah, our vote doesn't really count or whatever. And it's got into this situation. And now like, and I don't care if you support lockdowns or not, or masks or not, but you found your tribe and you can support that community. And I think where I live has been really blessed to support one another in in adding value to each other with what, what we can help with. I think that's huge, man. And I think like, you know, imagine if what just happened this year happened when we as human beings were still living that mentality where like the person down the road makes your shoes and then there's the farmer and then there's like, you know, that full like hyper local kind of environment. And then this kind of event happened. I don't think that there would really have been that much impact on us, but because we rely so much on international exports and then those trade agreements and whatnot get cut off, it's, it's put us in a really vulnerable situation. So I would like to see, and I would hope that in the future to sort of mitigate those risks in the future, we're going to see a lot more local stuff, a lot more locally grown foods, a lot more locally grown or, or made mm-hmm. products, which right. is actually supporting our local community. And it's like better quality stuff anyway. Yeah. Well, you know what me and my girlfriend have started doing is we've, we've started getting into hydroponics this year to where we're growing our own vegetables and mm-hmm. at home, which is really f- freaking cool because think about this. How would you sustain if there was a supply chain cutoff? How would you sustain sustenance for you and your family? And you have to start looking at these ways. A great book to read is called Anti-Fragile. Um, yeah. He's the same author that wrote the book Black Swan. Great freaking book. Nevitelev um, or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great book. And so the idea of anti-fragile is, is that when something destructive happens there's one of three things that you can how you can come out of it one is you're fragile and you're destroyed two is robust you just remain as equally as well three is you actually grow from it and that's what we, we want to look at and a great example in business is a company called nordatrack i don't know if you've heard of nordatrack they do home workout equipment like treadmills bikes okay, like yeah at yeah. home workout right 
they they have gone up 1000% since covid why mm, because yeah. they're not going to people aren't going to gyms they're building out their home gyms right now and um so so that's an idea that's an example of of anti fragile and if there's one thing like i, I there's Trump is so freaking annoying with most of everything that he says. But if there's one thing that I agree with him on is the fact that we have become so reliant on, say, like China and the manufacturing out of China, that has created a very fragile economy and society here in the United States. And so we do need to begin to shift that. Like I love if we take Elon Musk, I love the fact that he's manufacturing an actual physical good inside of our country now, inside of the United States specifically. Because as information ages come, a lot of the financial success, especially like I look at my success, most of my success has come financially through the service industry or the information industry, which adds value to people's lives, but it really doesn't add physical, tangible goods to society. And we've, we've grown away from that. And that's become, created a fragility for us in the United States, for sure, and definitely even in Canada. Yeah, it makes us vulnerable. I mean, I think even in Australia, Australia was exporting a majority of their beef. Um, a lot of cattle farming happened in Australia, exporting it to China. And then as I best believe, a lot of those agreements got cut off. So, you know, there goes like a whole bunch of revenue for Australia right there yeah. um, just through an agreement. So, yeah, I think the the whole local the whole local and especially, you know, national, and then even going more hyper-local on that. It's a way that we can become more resilient. Yeah. And, and less Which vulnerable. if we go back to, and I'm so grateful that I really moved to, I would say I'm like 98% plant-based. There's an every mm -hmm. now and then my dad will smoke some ribs that I'm just going to eat. And I just don't mm -hmm. care. Right. Like it's delicious. Mm -hmm. But if we look at a plant-based nutrition, you can, you can create that exchange in a local community, a local farmer's market, or even be able to have your, even if you don't live where you can have an outside garden, mm -hmm. the technology today, you can grow your vegetables and sprouts in your own house. You can make like a lot of your food and it's way, way healthier for the body. And in, and it allows you to actually create this life of, of, a fulfillment because you're working on something of life force energy. In fact, my daughter, she's in the third grade. She's starting her science project right now. And her project, it's so cool. It's, it's the power of words and plant energy. And so she's got three different plants. One plant, she's talking positive affirmation and love to it. One plant, she's not doing anything to it. And one plant, she's just negative intent towards that plant. And looking at how the energy and the electrical system inside of plants, ref, you know, kind of works through words and through energy. And we'll see what I believe is we're all intertwined. Plants are, are, are a major part of our energy. Humans are connected with one another. And we're, we are all really one experience here. How do we want to serve ourselves if we want to look at it that way? When, we, when I serve you, I'm truly serving myself. And, and when we give, not give back, we don't need to give back. We need to just give. When we do that, it creates this flow of energy that it just makes life exciting. That's beautiful. And is, is your daughter actually tracking the results on this? Because I know that yeah. there was that, that study by the Japanese, um, I believe it was a scientist that did the water study um, about giving love and energy to water and then, and then, you know, anger and all of this sort of stuff. And then they froze the crystals. And then yep. every time he gave positive energy to it, it was like beautiful, magical crystals. And then every time he uh, gave bad energy to it or even played heavy metal music, it was like chaos and just yeah. like disorder well, in the water particles. Yeah, she's just starting it. So her hypothesis is that 
if she gives more love and positive light and energy, you know, through, through words and love to the plant, it's going to grow even better. And if she gives hate energy to the plant, that one, you know, is going to not grow so well, not to say that it's going to die. In fact, what she even thinks is that the plant will still grow, but it won't grow as well. And in fact, it's the inner workings of the plant that will be less, less healthy. And, and, and that's kind of how we are in life, right? How many people do you see out and about that on the exterior, they seem like they've got their shit together, but on the interior, they're just broken, broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that whole like food concept in this, this study with your daughter could also be translated to how we digest foods too. Like, yeah. are we angry? Did we just get in an argument and we're like, we're, we're angry when we're eating because that like energy is converting into our food, which is literally being embraced in our body. Or are we like, do we have gratitude? Um, yeah. So of this topic, like, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, love and gratitude. What? Like, how are you, how have you increased this in your life? And like, do you have daily practices or sure. what does oh, that yeah. look like for you? So I, I teach with inside of my WGR Academy, what I call life management. And for years, the, the, the lie and the myth is time management, which just doesn't sound great, right? Like managing time. I like managing life. I like, like, so the course is called life management, your life, your show, your reality. And I believe we have three major parts of our day, Bryce. We have a morning, a day and an evening. And these parts of our day are consist of routines, kind of things, actions that we go through that contribute to our, our experience here on earth. And if we look at it, the old saying, if I ask you this time equals what Bryce? Time equals money is a, is a saying. Yes. That's the saying time goes money or opportunity. I believe time equals emotion. And so if I look at my morning, my day, my evening, I, and I know that there's a series of actions or rituals that happen that create that routine. What is the emotional outcome that I want for my morning, my day, my evening? And if I look at my morning, for me, I want clarity. I want peace. I want tranquility. I want that level of, of, of just vision. And so if that's the outcome I want emotionally, what actions or rituals must I do in order to generate that? Because we know emotion is energy in motion. And so for me, it's first thing, drink 40 ounces of water. Second thing, review three things in my mind right away that made me laugh or smile in the last 24 hours. Then from there, I move into a series of different rituals. And each, each day is a little different, however I'm feeling, but breath work, meditation, Tai Chi, stretching my body. I do Norma Tech. If you've ever seen those, it's, it's these compressing pants that, that really help body and recovery. Uh, I do journal writing, but I spend time just being able to be inside with myself and just become the observer of what's going on. I don't have to make any decisions. I don't have to solve any problems. I just get to sit with myself. And then from there, I move to, um, and I always have this with me. It's part of the, the course that I teach. It's called the I Love My Life Journal. Okay. And so there's a series of activities that I do every day. And I teach this within my, my students is it's called a smart day. So I get clear on what are my outcomes from the day. I name those outcomes. Like for, for example, one of them is be a gladiator that prints fucking money. That's one of my outcomes for today. One of my other outcomes is go faster by slowing down. Another mm -hmm. one of my outcomes is to, um, where is it? Connect with those I deeply love. So I have three to five, depending on the day. Today, I have five outcomes that I want to create.
And then what I do is I flood those outcomes with certainty. What's important about that, that outcome for me? And then I come up with three to six actions that if I get those actions done, it generates those outcomes. But, but how I get those outcomes is I start it with a brain dump. I get everything out of my head that I could possibly do today. And then I start to gauge on which things are important or urgent. And I put them on there. And if I get 75% of my actions done throughout the day, it's a fucking win for me. Um, If we look at my daytime routine, the emotion that I want during the day, typically, that's when I'm in business mode. I want fucking certainty. I'm going to drive results into my business. I'm going to drive results into my portfolio. I'm going to drive results in my sales team. And if I look at my evening routine, the emotion I want is a sense of connection, relaxation. I want a sense of achievement, gratitude, appreciation. And if we can identify these emotions we want to create throughout our routines, we can line up the actions that drive those outcomes. So if we look at my evening routine, and one of those is to connect with those I deeply love, some of those actions are going to walk with my girlfriend tonight, um, buy the girls new clothes because they're, they're kind of ready for some new clothes as they're growing and developing, um, schedule parent-teacher conference. So that's these become these actions that connect with the people I love. And oftentimes we're already doing these actions, but it's setting up the framework in our brain and our blueprint that sets us up to actually have a sense of achievement as opposed to a sense of, oh, I'm never getting ahead. I just can't get anything done. This, this is so difficult. So and, and you're actually joining the dots instead of going, hey, man, I've got to freaking like do this thing for my kid. I've got to get a freaking – got to get some clothes and I've got to do that stupid freaking parent-teacher thing, which could be like a chore for people who have a busy day. Instead of looking at it from that angle, you're looking at it of like, hey, man, this is like love for my family and for right. my daughters and and this is, this is a pleasurable thing to do. Let, let's put love into it while I'm doing it. For sure. Well, because like me trying to buy clothes for a five-year-old and an eight-year-old girl, like I am not the best at fashion, even more so for little kids. It stresses me. So if I can reframe it, then I can be like, okay, cool. Right. And then it becomes something that I can do. Like my girlfriend helps me with it. Then it becomes something that I share with her as opposed to another thing I just got to get done or I got to squeeze in in my busy life. It doesn't become a squeeze in. It becomes my experience and it's cool. And it becomes with like, oh yeah, Harper would love those shoes. And And, it it makes life more enjoyable. And literally what you shifted was your mentality or your perspective towards what you're doing, not necessarily even what you're doing. So, okay. So you've got your morning routine. It sounds like your morning routine totally like gets you grounded and sets you up for the day to go out and crush it. How much time are you roughly carving out for your sort of morning rituals? Two hours, two to three hours every morning. I really spend a lot of time working through that process. Two to three hours because you know it works and you've cranked up on it. And in the beginning, you probably didn't have two to three hours to um, be able to do that, which most people don't unless they're financially free. And same as in the beginning, you also didn't have tons of money to be able to do all of these things with, but you've got to start somewhere, right? Yep. So so if someone's going to start out now and have some kind of morning ritual, um, would you say that like even just having like 10, 15, 20 minutes, sure. half an hour, could make a radical shift in someone's day. Right. In fact, I will say one thing that will make a radical shift in someone's day right now. And this sounds like really strange that I'm going to say this truthfully, but start taking a shit by yourself without your cell phone. Like start being Mm -hmm. just in the bathroom 
by yourself without a distraction of this thing and allow yourself to start to be okay with the chaos going in our mind. Today, because of all the information, we actually become addicted to avoiding the chaos within and a simple place to start is go to the bathroom without having any other distraction, but be able to sit with yourself. Yeah, that's actually huge. I watched a documentary the other day where I think there was a, a bunch of, and it might've been on Netflix or Amazon Prime Video, and there was a bunch of people who were high up in the companies of social media companies back in the day. Yeah, um, and then they were coming out telling about all of the marketing tactics and how so many things have been created or actually just to get us to be addicted and to be able to predict our actions that we would take and get yep. us to take certain actions yep. because they understand things psychologically. And one of the guys came on and he said, look, when you wake up in the morning, you've got two options. You either, you either check your phone before you go to the restroom or you check your phone while you're in the restroom. And he's like, that's it. Pretty much most people are doing that. And it's like wild. And since that's happened, I've been like watching myself and going, hey, man, like, yep. am I actually going to grab my phone in the morning or am I not? So I don't think that that's at all a crazy thing. I think that's actually super, super important because mm -hmm. so much of what our phone actually compels us to do is not even driving us towards our goals it's not even fulfilling us or, or serving our purpose at all we're just being consumed by things because that's the way it's been programmed yeah oh for sure and now i i'm not a hundred percent on this but i i encourage myself to wait till i'm done with my morning routine before i get to my phone the only mm -hmm. thing i'll use my phone with is right now i'm doing guided meditations with joe dispenza dr joe dispenza ah, that's what i'm beautiful now. that's um, awesome and I've, I've, and so I've done Deepak and I've done, I do use new calm, like, but I use that to go into a state, um, through my meditation, but mm -hmm. there's days now I'll go one or two days without even checking my email. I just won't go into it until I schedule as a thing. Hey, I'm, I'm, I better go into my email and see what's going on in there. And I'll have like 70 emails as opposed to like five here, 10 there, like on it, because it just distracts me throughout the day. Uh, I've turned all the notifications off my phone, so I don't get a beep, a buzz. I don't mm -hmm. get anything like that to distract me. Um, if I'm waiting for an important call, I'll turn the ringer on because I know it's coming. But most of the time, my ringer is turned off. And I don't go to my phone usually. I wouldn't say 100%, but usually until I check my calendar when I'm going through my smart day and I see some pre-committed um, appointments that I've already committed to. So I'm aware of what those, those appointments are. Yeah, and then you want to get your big rocks out of the way before you get stuck in the in the vortex of answering emails. Right. Well, that's why sometimes I'll just go days without doing my email because it's not an emergency to respond to an email. Like my important and urgent things usually happen on phone call or Zoom. Yeah. They don't happen in an email response. Yeah. 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 I'm with you, man. But so many and I can't remember, how did we schedule this appointment? Did we, I can't remember if you gave me some times or not, but usually what I do is when people are reaching out, I don't get back to them right away. But when I do say, Hey, it's best. Let's just schedule, hop on my, on my zoom or on my calendar link and just schedule 15 minutes with me. And then that way I can just be so present in that moment, as opposed to like trying to do 10 things at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what, what did you call this? This is um, it's not time it management. It's life management, life management. That's well, beautiful. everyone tries to separate personal life from business life. I'm like, dude, you get one fucking life. Manage that. Don't manage. Don't separate 
these things, especially today. I mean, there'll be times where I'm in a mode, we go to these ebb and flows. There'll be times where sometimes I'll work 12, 14 hour days. And then there'll be other times where I'm not even working at all. I'll take a month off. Like I took most of July off this year, took my daughters to Yellowstone National Park. I, I hosted a, a mastermind for a few days um, and I did some podcasts, but most of the time I just, I didn't. And so we'll go over these, like, but right now I would say since mid-September, I've been in fucking warrior mode. We go through these times where we're in warrior mode or wizard mode. Right now, I tend to be in a lot more warrior mode because I'm dealing with some important shit, but that's not all the time. And we got to be patient with whatever our time is. We don't have to be always warrior or always wizard. We have to ebb and flow with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the beauties of having the freedom trinity of financial time and location freedom. We don't have to lean on it all the time. And that means, well, we don't have to work and we can be wherever we want all the time. Like, yeah, but maybe we want to be here. Maybe we want to work for a while. And I'm like you, man, I, I ebb and flow with what I'm doing. Um, I mean, since probably March, I've been working my ass off, man. I've been working like 16, 18 hours a day because there's a lot of opportunities that are in front of me and it's like a perfect opportunity and I, and I love it and I'm super juice and I'm super amped on it. And, you know, this season at the end of this year, my wife and I were going to, uh, you know, jump on the Epic Pass and and hit like North America ski hills oh, nice. up. And we were going to spend, you know, three, four months just touring around to all the ski hills. In, well, in you North know, America. some of the epic passes have Utah resorts. So you better be coming yes. to Utah, my friend. Yes. And, um, you know, we actually we actually considered with everything that's going on, like, is that the best use of our time? And at this point, we don't know if we're going to be like, you know, snowboarding for four months. It may be something that we push on to next year or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and it'll, it'll hurt me a little bit to do that because I'm so amped to snowboard every yeah. day for like four months. Um, yeah. But I, I think I see a, a bigger opportunity in front well, of us. And you can always do like, I mean, something to consider is just you don't need to go all these places, but what if you go just live in one space for like a month or two and, and you don't have to ski all day every day, but you can get some, some, some boarding in and still do a lot of work from wherever you're living there. That's the cool thing about location freedom. You can work from other places if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really want to get my wife out there and, and have like, you know, a whole season in, in the that would be cool. She hasn't experienced it that yet. Mm. Um, but we digress there. So, um, <laughs> you know, like you've got a lot of courses going on here. I mean, you know, one of your motto is you can't do a half-assed job in real estate sales. You're also ranked as the top in the top 1% of the sales agents in your market. You've been featured in Top Agent Magazine. You've created training courses like Financial Freedom Nation, Prospecting Mastery, Life Management, which we just spoke about, The Prospecting Alliance. Um, you're the founder of the WGR Academy. You're taking massive action and spreading the love. What inspired you to become an educator? I don't know. Like it was just kind of my destiny more than anything. Remember I asked that question, what is life asking of me? And I just realized, you know, I, I did a, um, if you've ever done a uh, invisible mastermind or invisible cabinet, like Napoleon Hill teaches, mm -hmm. one of the persons in my invisible cabinet is Tony Robbins. And I asked Tony Robbins, what is the one thing that I can do to most impact the universe? And he said, give the gifts you've been given. And so I realized I got to start giving these gifts of my talents and my skills and mixed with the idea of time and location freedom. That's what actually drove me away. I still have my real estate sales business, but truthfully that 
that's the lowest producing part of my income today. And the academy produces a lot more of the income because I want it to not be set geographically with a specific mm-hmm. business. If I've selling residential real estate, I got to be in that geographic area or I'm not making money. And mm-hmm. that was not time freedom or financial freedom. Um, so as I shifted that, I realized that there's certain skill sets that got me to where I'm at that in the niche of real estate, I can really help those folks. And there's three parts. One is generate more business. How do you increase the annual revenue? Two is how do you create financial freedom from the revenue you are creating through cash management or cash flow management, tax free wealth. And then three is that piece of fulfillment, the psychological and the emotional state, which a lot of my, my higher level students, they pay 10 grand a year to be in the mastermind. That's where they're stuck. They're great at making half a million bucks, but they're horrible at actually enjoying their life. And so we, we do a huge transformation through that. We do three-day retreats. We do breath work. We do meditation. We bring in special guests. It's just an experience for, for folks. And so it was more like God was like, hey, this is the gift that you can give back. I'm going to help you do it. So, and then trusting in myself that I could do it and just, just working with it. It's like an outer extension of your life because you're literally living it. Yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. so you're passionate about it and then other people get to experience that as well. Yeah. When I think businesses come in um, different ebb and flows too, you get bored of a business after a while. There's life cycles of a business and my other business, you know, I'd kind of got past that point where it became a dying business because I wasn't as juiced about it. The Academy was something that juiced me. And so it was, you know, the birth of a business and that working on the development of a business, there's something in my blood that I love about creating a business and, and just, you get a pick on how you serve and add value through the business that you create. For me, it's the Academy. We've got, three different levels in our program now, even based on from what you've talked about, we've got one-on-one coaching, you know, people pay me 30 grand a year to get three or four 15 minute calls a month with me. Um, Mm -hmm. We have our mastermind program. that's currently 10 grand a year for two events and everything else is virtual and it just impacts their lives deeply. And then our, our newest uh, growing program, which used to be the prospecting Alliance, we've, we've evolved it to just the Alliance that here is going to now it's developing into a six month training system um, and the tuition on that's going up to $5,000. So number one is I got to make money, which is awesome. But two is there's a value exchange because I get to attract people that are, that are committed, not just interested in the results that we talked about, but committed to getting those results. So you get to work with some phenomenal people. That's so true. And that's something that, you know, some people find it hard to wrap their head around that, you know, if you pay $100 for a course, you're going to get people who are willing to pay $100 for a course. And Mm -hmm. it's it's very different from people that are willing to pay $5,000 for a course. If you're going to pay $5,000 for a course, you want to milk every single freaking bit out of it. And uh, isn't it cool to have that kind of people Mm -hmm. in in your energy? So um, how do you... How have you adjusted with all the things that are happening? I mean, I'm assuming some of these were live events and then now you can't do live events. Have you gone like totally online or like some partially online? Yeah. So I used to do an event that was anywhere from three to 500 people at it. Um, in fact, I had just signed right before SF. What is it? Like uh, right before the NBA canceled about a week before okay. I had signed. And that was when a lot of events like that one in Austin, SX, FX, I can't remember what it was called, was canceled. The ultra event was canceled. Like big events were canceling and then major sports canceled. And I just signed a huge contract with Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And I was like, no, <laughs> right. So that stressed me. And then uh, thank goodness my attorneys having great people to work with, they looked and they saw force majeure and I was able to easily get out of that contract and cost me any money. Thank goodness. Cause the pandemic really was an act of God 
according to force majeure. Like I couldn't commercially mm-hmm. perform on it. And so mm-hmm. we've really shifted our long-term vision now is not to do big events. Like that used to be the thing we wanted to do a big 500 person event. We would sell, introduce into our products. And now we don't do that anymore. Um, we still do our smaller events, 50 people or less. And that's for our higher end, you know, uh, clients. And here in Utah, I used to do it in South Florida and in Utah, but we're doing them all in Utah right now for the time being. It's a really rural place at Powder Mountain, Utah. It's the largest privately owned ski resort in the United, in North America. The facility's nice. I can bring in amazing caterers. We can have a nice, safe experience for people where they can social distance. They can, you know, they don't have to feel like on top of each other. Whereas like the olden days in the events, you're crammed in like sardines and so it becomes more of an experience that's what we we really deliver for our customers our experiences um and so our long-term vision is to actually do more events smaller people higher price higher ticket price and we think people crave to still be in person human connection but we're we're, we're, we're limiting the people that can come to it and just charging more and then they can enjoy that fresh, beautiful champagne pow pow that's yeah. just, just outside the window. <laughs> yeah, they can enjoy the whole experience. And we do we do two to three of those a year. We're shifting to three in 2021. And so they get a they get a spring, they can have a winter, they can have a summer, they can see the different experience that we have to offer here in Utah, which mm-hmm. is really a beautiful place. Great outdoors. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And and people can check this out by going to WGRAlliance.com. Is that right? That's one. Yeah. Um, great thing to really follow me on Instagram, the WGR connect with me, send me some messages. Um, you know, even if, because a lot of my courses are directed for people creating a residential real estate sales business, but I've got a lot of connections where I can line you up with other people. If you're not in residential real estate, that can help you with these same concepts or ideas. Okay. So, uh, on that note, and you know, I know we've talked about a lot of things with the economy and things like that. What's where, how have you shifted and how are you recommending that realtors shift over the next 12 months with everything that's going on? Well, here's what's cool. We teach doing your buyer and listing presentations via Zoom. So no matter what business you're in, start doing your sales presentations via Zoom. Um, that is a given for sure. You can start to automate and, and save time. You don't have to drive. You don't have to go pre-release properties as much. Um, the other thing that that I've done big time to shift is looking outside of that part of business is looking at my portfolio. We were talking a little bit earlier about quant- quantitative easing. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm stuck in a rock and a hard spot in my mind because I know historically fiat currency dies. <laughs> so I can't imagine every the dollars. Every single time. Every single time. So I know that the dollar is very strong considering other currencies in the world today, but I would not have a ton of, me personally, I don't have a ton of US dollar. Get into some sort of asset and diversify. So, I mean, get into the stock market. I'm, I'm into the stock market. Get into the cryptocurrencies. I believe that there's a great um, asymmetrical opportunity still in Bitcoin long-term. Get into physical gold and silver. Get into tangible real estate. Get a virtual business going that can create flow of currency don't get stuck on dollar or whatever you know australian dollar canadian dollar yen but flow of currency with whatever that is um i think that's the the key element on that but don't sit on large amounts of cash right now but have access to do it so what i do is i actually have a lot of money in real estate with lines of credits so that when opportunities comes i can i can draw against my real estate and still Mm -hmm. have access to it but Mm -hmm. i'm not just sitting on you know where, you know, I used to want to have a couple million dollars. Now, if I've got 600,000 to a million bucks sitting there, like I feel comfortable with that. Whereas before I was like, okay, I wanted two, $3 million in cash for opportunities. I don't want to sit like that anymore. 
Yeah, enough play money to get some deals done and things like that. But and then also, I just want to add in here that you know, at Freedom Hack Radio, we're not giving financial advice. We're not CPAs, no. attorneys, or or um, or lawyers, or, or financial advisors, or anything like that. You know, make sure that you get your own financial advice. But you know, we definitely share things that we're doing and things mm-hmm. that um, we see, and then you guys can do your own research. And um, you know, the reason that you're bringing this up is because you don't have so much trust in the US dollar as no. being um, as being sustainable. Um, I, I, I think you and I are both on par with we're at the precipice of, you know, massive changes financially. And uh, I mean, there was a new act that came that's coming out called the Banking for All Act, which sounds yeah. pretty cool. One for all, but um, it's actually a way for the Federal Reserve, who is not even the Federal Reserve, is not owned by the government. It's completely third Never party. Has. It's owned by the banksters, you know, J.P. Morgan and and Chase and all of this. And so, the, so the banks actually really own it. Mm. And this Banking for All Act, um, you know, when it goes in place basically there's all these these small banks and credit unions that can pass through accounts but everything gets held at the federal reserve level so they really have control over everything so they will literally have one central bank in america that will literally be able to oversee every single transaction that we do in our businesses and personal and everything like this um and that's just one thing that's happening well what's scary about that is there's no accountability with that bank so when they make the mistake we pay for it. We pay for yeah. their mistakes because that Federal Reserve or that one central bank, who's holding them accountable? Who's looking at yeah. all their transactions? No one. There's yeah. no level of accountability there. So not only do I not trust the US dollar, I don't trust the central banking system. I don't trust any of the central banks worldwide. And I don't trust the government. Not that I, I, I believe government is required, but I believe that the government has become very, very corrupt. And I think one of the reasons why Trump is getting the point where he's getting to is because Ice-T said this in an interview. He said, it's like, he's the baddest ass gangster of all, because how can you find dirt in someone that's wading through waist deep in shit? And that's really what's going on in Washington is that's how Trump is getting away with Trump's getting away with, because they're all doing back-end deals and dirty, right? They're all dirty there for the most part. And that's very normal in what we call the pride cycle of of life. And we're going through hard times and hard times will create strong men going forward and strong men and people will create good times again. This has just happened to where we'd be in the cycle of humanity. It's not the end. I don't believe it's the end. I just believe it's the opportunity where we're at right now. It's, it's more like we, you know, we're going through a detox, kind of a financial and social detox. And like on the yeah. back end of that, we get to have perfect health <laughs> in yeah. these yeah. areas. But, but we have to go through it because the system that's been set up in the Western world, uh, we've pretty much milked that one. We've milked the fiat currency. We've mm-hmm. milked the current system. It's not sustainable. It's built on a house of cards. And, you know, the average person doesn't know about this. And this is why your conversations like this, Colton, is so important because, you know, it, it some people hearing this are going to go, oh my God, like I never knew about any of this. And then allows them the possibility mm-hmm. to go out and start researching it. And anybody who spends time researching it will find what we're talking about is there's, there's so much to it. It's like a rabbit hole of information. There's so much information out there on this. 
Uh, but the but the brief synopsis is like you were saying, you know, look for tangible assets, you know, look for, you know, I mean, precious metals, um, you know, even mining stocks right now have a lot mm-hmm. of upside and, and we're going to have David Morgan on in a, in a couple of weeks here to talk about uh, that. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's cryptocurrencies and, and for people who don't know what a cryptocurrency is, that's basically uh, a digital currency. Currencies that are outside of the system, a lot of them running on blockchain systems, which I yep. think is going to be something that there's a lot of things that run on blockchain, even some that are backed by gold um, and silver. But uh, anyway, it's a whole rabbit hole of information. Yep. Um, what are you actually doing? Are you are you investing in the stock market? Are you? Yeah, I'm investing in the stock market. Um, currencies. Yeah, I'm investing in stock market. I'm investing in gold and silver, real estate. Like I said, I'm really well diversified. I believe that there's five major asset classes we need to be in. Number one is you need to be in some sort of of liquid capital. You need to have you know cash, sort of speak. Number two is I think business is an asset you definitely need to be in a place that that can generate and print currency. Uh, number three is I think stocks and cryptos kind of fall into one category, but you need to be diversified inside of those as well. I really love mining stocks right now. Um, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where they come up over the next little bit. I know they've mm-hmm. kind of been down recently, but I think that they're about ready to move through their next upspin. Um, and, and I'm assuming on the stocks, you're not holistically saying everything in the stock market right now is gold because we're actually at the top, a lot of us would say, but certain sectors of of the stock market have opportunities right now and, right. and coming up, right? Yeah. And I take a lot of look at um, the IBD 50 with what I've learned with Thomas. And if they've got great, great financials and they're moving in a bull market, I personally don't get into to, to, um in, in any shorts or, or options or things like that. That's just you not what leverage. I focus on. Right. I don't do any of that. Um, but all real estate is a whole class that you need to be in. I really love real estate. I'm, I've, I've got a lot of real estate um, in my portfolio, um, rental properties, um, you know, so, so I love that. Um, and I think you got to get, you, you definitely got to get diversified in these different areas. And I think the, the last area is commodities, physical, Mm-hmm. gold and silver and understanding how to store it, understanding the history of gold and silver. I think one of the greatest opportunities of our lifetime is actually physical silver on where mm-hmm. it's trading currently. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas and I disagree on this. He's not as much as focused on the physical side, but I think physical silver is a huge opportunity. It's yeah. used in so many more pieces of equipment than gold is. It's, it's really suppressed right now from what it trades in exchange to gold. Um, and I think you've got it and it's very inexpensive. 25 bucks, 30 bucks an ounce, you can get a piece of silver right now. And and when the uh, fear of or, or the confidence in US currency and other currencies declines um, and people people get more scared about the, the currency, they're going to go more to silver as well. And the mm-hmm. supply and demand cannot be met if everybody wants to jump on board in silver, which is going to crank it through the roof. Um, and again, we're going to have David Morgan come on in a couple of weeks and talk about this, which I'm super excited about. But yeah, I'm totally there with you there on that one. And again, here at Freedom Hack Radio, we're not giving any financial advice or we're not CPAs or lawyers or attorneys. Um, we're just telling you some things that we're doing and you guys can look into this yourself. And who knows, we might mess it all up. We're doing the best that we can at the end of the day. And it's worked well for us at this point. A book before we sign off, because I've got to get going, is I would recommend 
to really the start of this piece of the conversation is the creature, the creature from Jekyll Island. If yes. you've not read or listened to that book, that will help you understand the way the fractional banking system works and really the wag the dog that's going on that corruption and war is what generates money for these big banks as they finance. And as you start to discover some of the ways they've created wealth in the banking system, it's, it's through creating chaos. Right. So if we look at COVID really hurting the stock market earlier this year, COVID was just the pin that had popped the commercial real estate industry that was already folding last September. So this was going to happen, you know, like we, it just COVID happened to be the thing that helped kick it over the edge. So um, check out that book, Creature from Jekyll Island. Great book. Yeah, it's a great book by Edward Griffin. And it's a, it's a bit of a monster read, but he's been researching this for like 40, 50 years or something like yep. that. So it's, it's the real deal. So, and I know you're going to go here. Uh, a couple of quick questions. We wrap this one up. Um, for people that are looking to break into real estate or people that already have real estate, what slight adjustments are you guys making um, because of the path that's you know facing us? You know, the great migration, a lot of talk about, you know, different taxes coming in and things like this. Yeah. How are you proceeding with caution? Uh, so I like to have very heavy equity in my real estate property. It used to be at least 30%, but I, I now 50% plus equity in my real estate holdings, just because I don't, there's too much unknown. And I look at that as a very secure um, investment. And there's mm -hmm. two ways that you get growth through real estate. One is through passive income, which I always generate passive income every deal I do. Your money's made on your purchase, not your sell. So mm -hmm. buy wisely. And then also uh, through hyperinflation, which we've already started to get a taste of, I think naturally you'll see an, an, an increase in value in real estate. And, you know, for people that are experiencing more wealth the last year, I think there's two reasons why. One is I think you've just stepped into that space. But two is there's a lot more freaking currency floating around and it usually gravitates to those that are following those specific actions. Look at home values, at least in the United States and Canada, they're just, they're going gangbuster, right? So, um, uh, to me, it's like if you can get real estate. And the other thing is, too, if you can leverage it through some of these mortgages opportunities. I mean, two and a half percent to five percent is ridiculous. If you can, I mean, I'm getting commercial financing at five percent. Are you kidding me? Mm. So if you're sitting in these properties at 50 percent plus equity and you're getting a five percent or better interest rate, to me, it's it's you can definitely get five percent more on your return on your investment by having inside of it. So those are just a few things I would say about real estate. And the reason you've got more equity in it or more money in your deal is because you want to have less of a portion um, to the loan because if there's a mm -hmm. higher portion left to to a lender, then the lender can go, hey, you know, I'm going to call this loan due or, or so it's more risky, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's more risky. Beautiful. Excellent. Any final freedom hacks that you've got to share with our freedom hackers? Listen, um, trusting yourself. That's the key ingredient to create freedom because what you're really after isn't just financial freedom, isn't even time freedom, it's soul freedom. And when you can begin to trust in yourself, that's where your free, real freedom comes from. Beautiful. That's amazing. Well, thank you very much for sharing everything today. It's been a great conversation, mate. I'd love to have you back and continue the conversation. For sure, man. Uh, it's been, you've been a wealth of knowledge and um, you're talking about some things that are really, really important right now. So love that. And thanks so much for just being you and being vulnerable and just showing up like the real Colton Lindsay. Really appreciate that, man. So if people want to keep in touch with Colton, check him out on Instagram, go to the WGR on Instagram. We're also going to have all of these links in the show notes. Um, um, thank you all very much for joining us today. Uh, again, this is Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And until next week, live large and live free.